We have been in this study, in this series, Revelation. This is the 10th week, and this is the best week. And so I'm so glad that you are here for it because we're going to be talking about heaven. Have you ever wondered, what is heaven like? You ever wondered that? You ever wondered like, man, I wonder, I wonder what heaven is really like. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to look into God's word as we read the rest or the end of Revelation chapter 21 and 22. We're going to see what heaven is like. And I'm super, super excited, super pumped because this is what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for heaven. We've been waiting all through the series. We've asked the question and the the question is, are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready for the rapture? We've talked about the antichrist. We've talked about the rapture. We've talked about the prophets. We've talked about the seven year tribulation. We've talked about the judgments. We've talked about all these things and the apex of revelation is Jesus and the apex is Jesus coming back again. The second coming of Jesus, more prophecy, more anticipation that Jesus is coming again. And I'm super excited. We're going to jump into this. I want to, I want us to look at revelation 20, 21. Revelation 21, and we're going to do something we haven't done in a long time. We are going to stand. Would you join me? Would you stand out of respect for the word of God? And we're going to read two chapters, two chapters. We're going to read now. If you read in the Old Testament, they would come, they would gather together and they would read for hours and hours and hours. They would stay standing and they were excited to hear God's Word. Now let's go back. Revelation chapter one, verse three. This book promises a blessing if we read it, if we listen to it, and thirdly, if we what? Obey it. And so I'm excited. Who's ready for a blessing? (laughs) Yeah, let's try that one more time. Who's ready for a blessing? Are you ready? I'm ready for a blessing. You ready? Let's go. Revelation 21. Let's go. 21 verse 1. Here we go. Reading from the NLT. Then I saw a new heaven. Now, I don't know about you guys. I like new. Do you like new? I love new. New smells good. I like new. There's nothing like the new car smell or smell of new leather. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, just a smell of new. You know, that's that's a good smell. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. We're going to come back to that because that sentence right there is packed. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. So what do we have? We have a new heaven. What do we have? We have a new earth. What do we have? We have a new Jerusalem. New Jerusalem is not just heaven, but it's a part of heaven. It's new Jerusalem. So we got a lot of new going on here and there's going to be more new to come. The beauty of the gospel is that the goodness of Jesus makes you and I new. You can be a new you. New you. In fact, 
I think that's the series I'm going to do, um, leaning towards a series for January. New you. Everybody wants to be new. Everybody wants to be new. You want to get a new hairdo, right? Want to get a new outfit? Want to get some new shoes? And Jesus is interested deeper than just on the outside of you. Jesus died on the cross and rose again to create a brand new you on the inside. It's from the inside out. And so watch this. John, the revelator said, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. That's, that's, that's us. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. See, the best thing about heaven is God. The best thing about heaven is God. I want you to remember that because when we think about heaven, we've heard about the streets of gold, heard about our friends and our families. They're there. We hear about these things like no more tears in heaven. But the greatest thing about heaven is God is there. That's what heaven's all about. And so we, if we don't want to draw close to God here on earth, that's what heaven's going to be all about. So like, I love how you guys were worshiping. I, I got to watch you. I got to be up here and watch you guys go after God. Y'all did so good, man. Y'all sounded good. You sang good. Man, you're worshiping God. And he's looking for worshipers that'll worship him in spirit and that will worship him in truth. Someone say truth. And so if you think like, well, heaven, well, you know, I, I just don't like singing here on earth. Well, we're going to sing in heaven. We're going to sing in heaven. You know what I'm talking about? We're going to sing to the king. Now let's go on. Let's go here. All right. So here we go. All right. And, and God is going to live with them and, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. That's why Jesus came the first time. Emmanuel, God is with us. I love that. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Can we just clap right there? Can we just insert some clap right there? Can we just be like, God, thank you. That gives us something to look forward to. Because for some of us, we know what it is like to have sorrow. Even recently, we know what it is to say goodbye or if they know Jesus. We're saying, we'll see you later. And we don't like that separation but there will be no more sea. Well, I'm going to preach that. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let me get back to my text here. All right, now watch this. They're all gone forever. Verse five, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything, someone say new. So we got a new heaven. We got a new earth. We got a new Jerusalem. We got a new us, a new bridegroom. We have a new, we're going to switch it. Let's go. Awesome, Chelsea. Give it up for our all access team, would you? For what I tell you is trustworthy and true. Jesus cannot, never has, never will lie. What he says is true. It will come to pass. He's true. He's a faithful one. And he said this, watch. And he also said, it is 
finished. Man, that's some good news. Are you kidding me? It's finished. Now we're picking up after chapter 20 where, where the devil has been cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So we've already seen the false prophet. We've already seen the antichrist cast into the lake of fire. And in chapter 20 last week, we talked about Satan is finally defeated forever. Forever and ever and ever. No more devil, no more lies, no more evil, no more sin, no more temptation. Are you with me? And Jesus is going to rule and reign forever and ever and ever. And we're going to be right there with him. I'm excited about this. So he said, write it down. It is finished. Sounds like something Jesus said on the cross. He said to telestize the Greek word. The race has been run and the race has been won. It's over, baby. It's finished. Your guilt is finished. Your sin debt is finished. And he said, write it down. It is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end to all. Someone say all. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all the blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murders, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And we talked about in the series that Jesus judged our sins at the cross. And as a believer, my sins have been judged at the cross. If you're an unbeliever, your sins will be judged at the great white throne judgment. You will be judged or you can allow Jesus, the righteous judge, to be judged on our behalf. Are you with me? Aren't you thankful it's finished? Aren't you thankful we're on the winning side? We read the back of the book. We win. Let's go. Let's go. All right, watch this. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, come with me. I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. The city was broad and high, with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels, and the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. And there were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. Then he measured it. He found it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and he found them to be 216 feet thick. How many of you with children would like walls in your house to be 216 feet thick? You could sleep better. You can hear him fussing and fighting. I mean, wouldn't that be something? And that's according to the human standard used by the angel. 
Verse 18, the wall was made of jasper and the city was pure gold. As clear as glass, the wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, jacinth actually, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made of pearls. A gate. Ladies, how about that? Yeah. We're made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. And the main street was pure gold, once again, as clear as glass. I saw no temple. Why? Because there's a new temple. There's, there's God. He is our temple, and we're with him. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the lamb is its light. Is this good news or is this good news? Come on, right? I don't know about y'all. I'm starting to feel like it's Thanksgiving and we're getting close and it's almost time to sit down and eat. This is really, really exciting. The nations will walk in its light. And the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Here it is. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When we became a Christian, our name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And no one and nothing can erase it, can delete it, can get it out of it. Chapter 22. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. Can you imagine that? I mean, I saw a sunset the other night and I just thought, God, you are so awesome. And this earth is cursed. And yet the sunset was that beautiful, so beautiful. No curse upon anything for the throne of God and of the lamb and of the lamb will be there and his servants. That's us. What will we do in heaven? We will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads and there will be no night there. No need for lamps or sun for the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever and ever. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen. Someone say soon. Y'all doing okay? All right, let's go. Here we go. All right. Verse seven. Look, this is Jesus speaking. I am coming soon. Blessed are those, or blessed are those who obey the words of this prophecy written in this book. 
I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw him, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed him to me. But he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book, worship only God. Then he instructed me, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is, somebody say near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Look, here it is again, emphasis. I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me. Come on, to repay all people according to their deeds. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And can we say, and he's everything in between. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murders. Interesting that those two follow each other there. The idol worshipers and all who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright and morning star. Now here's some of my favorite verses in all this, all the Bible, all the scriptures. Look here, verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who drinks freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book that if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. You don't want to do that. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming. Somebody say soon. And John's response is our response. Amen. Or let it be so. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. Verse 21. Last verse in the Bible. I love this. The last verse in the Bible says this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. May the grace of the Lord, some of us need grace tonight, don't we? May the grace of the Lord Jesus be to God's holy people. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing. I just thought that'd be appropriate. Let's end this series like we started it. We started and we read chapter one, and now we read chapter 21 and chapter 22. You've now heard, we've now read the back of the book. And if you know Jesus, you, you win. You not only win, you and I win. And we win big. The title of the message is what will heaven be like? 
The question that I want you to think about has been the question all along this series. And the question is, are you online? Are you ready, Gulf Breeze? Are you ready, Navarre? Are you ready, Pensacola? Are you ready for the rapture? Because if Jesus is saying these things are happening soon, we come all the way back over here. And as we started this series, the stage is set. Every actor is in place and the curtain is about to be pulled. Are you ready? Jesus says, I am coming quickly. I'm coming soon. I want to briefly just think about seven things that we're not going to find in heaven. Are you ready? Seven things you'll never find in heaven. We're not going to find this in heaven. Number one, number one in chapter 21, verse one, it says no more sea. No more sea. Second one is no more separation. There's, there's no more separation. The disciples, they stood there gazing. Jesus is going up and the angels appeared and they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing? This same Jesus, which is going up into heaven, will come again, just like you are seeing him. So just like he went up in the clouds, he's going to come again in the clouds. Every heart, every heart. No matter if you're young or if we're old, every heart longs to live happily. Say it with me, ever after. Every great movie, every great story, every great, great script has in it good, evil, a battle, and every really, really good movie has the hero which is the good guy. I'm here to tell you right now, our hero is coming back to make all things new. He's coming to deliver us from the judgment that's going to come on this world. And then we're going to come back with him, as we talked about the last several weeks, and we're going to rule and we're going to reign with Jesus, and there will be no more sea. Sea separates us. We got the sound by our house. We got the bay by our house. Then we got the gulf right there, and there's there's a lot of water, a lot of water. You know, it's interesting because you can look at water and think, that's not that far. Have you ever done that? Like, I could swim that. And then you tried, then you started, and you're like, wow, man, that was a lot more than I thought. That was 10 miles. It was 10 miles. It looked like a mile. You ever gone out in a boat, turn around, looked at land? You're watching land. You're watching land. All of a sudden, the land's like, whoop, it's gone. Then look at, hey, you know what sea does? It separates us. And in heaven, there'll be no more sea. There'll be no more separation. We're going to be with Jesus forever and ever. Watch, 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 watch. We're never going to have to say goodbye to our loved ones again that are in heaven. We'll never do it. There'll be no more separation from our family. Hey, parents, no more separation from our kids. No more separation from God. I love that. There'll be no more sorrow. Verse four, chapter 21, no more sorrow. You know, Christmas time for so many people is a bag of mixed emotions because for so many people that have experienced loss this year, it's like, man, I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to have joy, but I still feel lost. Why? Because of sorrow, 
Scripture tells us in verse 4, chapter 21, there'll be no more suffering. How many of you have said goodbye to a relative or to a friend in the last, let's say in the last year, in the last year? Would you raise your hand? How many say goodbye to a friend, to a relative in the last year? Keep it up, would you? Keep it up. How many have said goodbye to a friend or a relative in the last two years? Hold your hand up with them. Everyone keep your hand up. Turn, turn around and look. This, this, the majority of us here today, and thank you. Put your hands down. There, there, there's, nothing, there's nothing like feeling that type of loss and sorrow and suffering. And in heaven, there will be no more sorrow, no more suffering. There'll be no more sinners. There'll be no more sinners in heaven. Verse eight tells us that. And then number six, there'll be no more sun. There'll be no more stars. Why? Because the lamb is the light. Don't you love that? The lamb is the light. He is light and in him is no darkness at all. And then there'll be no more sin. Number seven, no more sin. Well, Pastor Tim, if there's no more sea, if there's no more separation and there's no more sorrow and there's no more suffering and there's no more sinners and there's no more sun or stars and there's no more sin then what's going to be in heaven well let's look at chapter 22 and let's read verse 3 chapter 22 let's read verse 3 no longer will there be a curse upon anything for the throne of god and of the lamb will be there and his servants will worship him. What's going to be in heaven? The savior. The thing that makes heaven, heaven is God. See, wherever God is, there's peace. And we're going to live in eternity forever and ever and ever. And we're going to live in a state of peace. Why? Because the savior is there. The presence of almighty God is there and we will be with him and there won't be any more separation. What there will be is the savior. Number two, his servants. I just read it. Same verse, chapter 22, verse three. Not only is the savior there, but his servants are there. And his servants, what are we doing? We are worshiping him. We're worshiping him because he's worthy. I want to ask you a question. If that's what, eternity is going to look like. How are you doing on this side? How are you doing on this side? Worshiping him. How do I worship him? Pastor, what are you talking about? It's more than just singing. I believe worshiping God means like we're, we're obeying him. We're following him. We say here at Momentum Church, we exist to lead people. Say it with me to passionately follow Jesus. Hey, watch this. I've not always worshiped him like I should. But the cool thing about Jesus is I can do a quick U-turn. I can come right back. You know, I'm, may, maybe you're sitting here to, today and you're thinking, thinking Pastor Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm really not, I just haven't been feeling it in this season. The truth is, Pastor Tim, I just kind of feel like, poof. you know, I mean, some people just, you know, I don't know. It's just been a lot. And I, I just haven't felt it. I've, I've gotten away. I've, I, I feel like I'm not even connected anymore to God, or I'm not even connected anymore to the body of Christ, this whole thing. And I've had to stay home and it's been so hard. I just, and, and can I just remind us the last verse of the Bible and God saying, I just got grace for you. I got a merited favor for you. 
And so wherever you are, if you're like, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not right where I need to be, worshiping him, living for him, walking with him, loving him, adoring, like the song we sang, adoring him. I'm not where I should be. God says, man, I have grace for you. I have grace for you. And God says, come. So as his servants, we're there and we're going to worship him. By the way, just a quick point. You know why you were saved? You were saved to serve. You're saved to serve. Saved people serve people. Save people, serve people. Show me someone who says, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian pastor, Tim, but they don't want to serve nobody. I said, man, we got to talk. Because Jesus was a servant. He came not to be served, but to what? But to serve. And so when we serve people, we're being like Jesus. And if we're going to serve him one day forever and ever and ever, I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste an opportunity here on earth. I want to be serving him. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this life is a vapor. It is too short. And he saved us. He came back as the hero. He delivered us from the great white throne judgment. He's going to deliver us from the tribulation. He's going to deliver us from death and hell. He's going to deliver us from all these things and we're going to live with him and we're going to see him face to face and we're going to realize that God is good. Why? Because last, number three, we're going to look around. What's going to be in heaven? The scenery. Eye is not seen and ear is not heard. What's waiting for those who love him. Do you love him? We can't even imagine You'd go to New York City and describe how awesome it is. I remember flying in to New York City about 15 years ago, coming in. It was at night. We were in the clouds. We came below the clouds, and all of a sudden, there it was. It was all lit up. It was impressive. And God says, you ain't seen anything yet. I remember going to the Grand Canyon, looking at the Grand Canyon, being like, wow, how big is this? And God's like, you ain't seen anything yet. I remember watching my beautiful wife, Stephanie, come down the aisle. Most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'll be honest, there I was standing there and I was like, I love you, Jesus. I'm just thinking this thought. I love you, Jesus, but don't come back just yet. Just hold off just a little bit, Jesus. Here comes the bride. Here comes the bride. You know what? God has prepared an awesome place for us. So let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. A place for you. Can you imagine the scenery of heaven? And God did it because he loves you. So Revelation ends with a really big W for those who know him. The question is, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? If you know him, do you love him? If you love him, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you don't know him, I've got great news. The spirit of God says, come. You can come just as you are. You know, we don't get cleaned up to come to God. I love that God takes us just as we are. Do you bow your heads and close your eyes? Christians, 
Revelation. The big question. Are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready for Jesus coming back? If Jesus said he's coming soon, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to take him up on it. I don't have a second to waste. You don't. We don't have a second to lose. Heaven is going to be amazing. Jesus is coming. Not only again, but Jesus is coming soon. I hope that this series has strengthened you as a believer. I hope that we've grown deeper. I hope that that we are motivated to live a life worthy of our calling. That as Christians, that we we call ourselves Christians. We're Christ-like. That that we live like Jesus. That we love like Jesus. We lead like Jesus. Wherever you're at, talking to the believers, he loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he has prepared an amazing place for us. He said, if I go, I'll come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. The thing that makes heaven heaven is God, and God loves his bride. That's the church. Let's remember who we are. We're the church, and we exist for the world. Are you ready for the rapture? If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, maybe you're watching online and you've never given your life to Christ, You say, Pastor Tim, I've never heard this stuff before. It's gotten my attention. You know, to the Christian, this is to inspire us to live a holy life. To the lost person, this is to inspire you to accept the love of Jesus. That's that's the gift of God is Jesus. Can I just tell you that God loves you so much. God knows everything about you and he loves you. And he loves you so much that he was willing to do something about my sin problem, about your sin problem. The bad news is sin leads to death. Sin comes with a price. And the price, the cost is death. The soul that sins dies. And yet God loved us so much that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because God is for you. He's for you. And Jesus died on that cross and he shed his blood so you and I could be washed clean. So you and I could be made brand new. Our sins washed away. Literally on that cross, Jesus absorbed the wrath of God so you and I could accept the love of God. And Jesus says, come. Say, Pastor Tim, how do I become a Christian? It's simple. You just accept the love of God. You accept that Jesus died for you. He bled for you, as I said. He was buried and he rose again. You accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Scripture says this. Whoever, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're watching online, you're here in Pensacola. You're watching, you're in Gulf Breeze. You're watching right now. 
and you've never, ever accepted the gift of God, today's the day of salvation. I want to lead us in a prayer, and it's not you just saying these words. It's not a magic formula that gets you to heaven. It's you putting your faith and trust, your dependence, your reliance on Christ alone. And so we're going to say a prayer to God. We're going live. You're not going to pray to me. We're going to pray right to God. I'm going to lead us in the prayer. And I just ask you to pray this prayer with me. If you're a Christian, would you pray it out loud for those who will pray it for the first time? And then at the end of this prayer, I'm going to ask you, hey, if you prayed the prayer, would you would you raise your hand or would you text us and let us know that Jesus made you new? All right, let's, let's pray. Pray with me. Would you say, Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Thank you for loving me. I accept your love. Thank you for bleeding for me to wash away my sins. Thank you for dying for me and rising again on the third day. On the third day. I confess that Jesus is now my Lord. I give you my life and I receive your life. Now teach me how to live in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I love this part. This is our favorite part. You know why? Because people have passed from death to life. Last weekend in the gatherings, we had people cross from death to life. And we celebrate this. This is bigger than our football team winning. This is greater than the SEC championship. This is greater than the national championship. This is amazing. So we're going to celebrate. And I'm asking you, if you're watching online, would you text us at 85 85- Zero two nine six seven three four four eight five zero two nine six seven three four four. Text us at that number and just say this: Jesus made me new. We want to follow up with you. We celebrate you right now. If you're in one of our our gatherings, we're going to ask you to hold your hand up. We're going to clap for you. We're going to celebrate you. Heaven is already celebrating. We're joining this big party. Are you ready, church? Here we go on the count of three. Don't be shy. I want you to hold your hand up high. Hold it up high on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Right now, that's right. Hold it up. Hold it up high. Let's go. 